At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 399th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is changing the role of chemicals in our homes. We are talking with Diane Pert about living in a chemically saturated world. Diane has a PhD in botany ecology from Arizona State University. She lives with her husband, four dogs, and eight chickens at their urban farm, which is nestled in one of the oldest neighborhoods in Tempe, Arizona, four blocks west of Arizona State University. Diane is also principal and visionary at Truce LLC, a Tempe-based company that manufactures and distributes non-toxic household cleaning, pet, and personal products. Truce's entire product line uses only 14 simple, safe, and effective ingredients. Truce products offer the ability to clean homes, bodies, and pets while avoiding nasty chemicals. In her spare time, she co-founded the community garden across the street from her home, where most of the produce harvested is donated to local food banks. Welcome to the show today, Diane. Are you ready to rock a chemical-free home? I certainly am, Greg. Thanks. It's great to be with you. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? I was born on the East Coast. I was raised in Bakersfield, California, around agriculture. I watched the chemicals invade. Wow. I became environmentally enlightened 
probably during the age of David Brower and the Sierra Club, I became very aware that in establishing nuclear power plants, we had no way to turn them off. And I thought, what can I do about that? Not a lot. But one thing I did do about it was I went back to school to learn where I fit into this, where I could make some kind of a contribution. I was late getting to school. I did not go traditionally from high school into college. I stepped out, did a few things, and then went back to school and just kept on going. And I I found out my path was really helping people Mm -hmm. live a safer life because it's not safe out there right now. Right. I have said for years that there are three things in our culture that cause 100% of our disease. And I know that's a bold statement, and I've talked to medical doctors and nutritionists about it before. And those three things are stress, lack of nutrition in food, and environmental toxins. You're addressing one of them right there. Yep, that's absolutely true. When they talk about trying to transition your home into a green environment, the first thing they tell you to do is get rid of the cleaning products you're using. They are toxic. They're really harming children they're harming all of us. I can't change the outside, but I can help you change the inside of your home. Yeah. I've known you for a couple of decades, probably. I think so, Greg. I was trying to think about it. I'm going, oh my gosh, we go back so far. Yeah. And I've known you before this whole truce business happened. I never knew that you were into this until all of a sudden, what, about 10 years ago, this came to be? Eight. And I didn't either. I didn't know what my path was. We've known each other longer for you to remember that I was connected to the farm at South Mountain. I was connected to gardens on the Gila River Indian community with all the schools. That was the path I was on. And I began the permaculture design course with you. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, one year, my birthday, a woman whom I really did not know. She was dating Denis, my husband. She was dating his friend. And we agreed to meet for a birthday brunch. And she gave me three of the products she had made. She had started her own home cleaning business and promptly got extraordinarily sick with contact dermatitis and respiratory problems. And she figured if she knew how to make 15 kinds of cupcakes, she probably could figure out how to clean a house without chemicals. Because we weren't being told you could do that. Right. So she gave me these products, and I think that's probably the strangest, most magical present I've ever received. Her little business card, scotch-taped on it. And when I finally got around to using them, With my background in ecology and my love of podcasts, my love of seeing what people are talking about online, women were talking about their fears with their children, you know, bringing a new baby into this chemically saturated world. She had these products. And I said, oh, my God, they work. And she said, well, they're chemical free. They're just everyday things that most people have in their home. This is the product people would make if they had the time and they had these ingredients. I said, oh, my God. So I said, let's take it to market. Let's see what we got. And Cindy Gentry at the Phoenix Public Market said, yeah, come on. And so we did. And it's been pretty interesting. We started as Urban Organics. Uh And I had to wait for my permaculture design class to complete before I could really start this one. But I realized this is where I can make an impact. I can take this product to market and I can show people this will work 
You're going to be fine. You don't need a face mask. You can close the windows, bring your kids in the room. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And we've just kind of built on that. Started that in 2008. Wow. 10 years. God, 10 years. So what are some of the health impacts that toxic chemicals have on us? That is the great question because, you know, cause and effect mm-hmm. is the most difficult thing to prove in research, especially this kind of research. Among the things we do know, and you just look at the pattern, mm-hmm. the increase in breast cancer in women, it's gone up 30% since 1975. Over 7.3 million couples have difficulty carrying to term. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing to me, the thing I'm looking at, is the role of chemicals in autism. We have seen that spectrum expand incredibly over the past 20 years. Chemicals are definitely playing a role in that. It cannot be proved, but that is the question of the hour. What role do they play? What happens is your skin is the largest organ in your body, right? Oh, yeah. So if you're putting toxic chemicals on your body, your skin's going to absorb it. But it's absolutely amazing. This is kind of what's going on. Wow. So let's talk about a documentary that deeply affected you. The one recently that I'm kind of really actually campaigning behind is called The Human Experiment. It was done in 2013. I knew a lot about the impacts of chemicals, but I did not see the spectrum. I didn't see the breadth of it until I saw that documentary. And literally, we have got the American Chemical Council testing these chemicals on us because the strange thing about this juxtaposition is that chemicals are considered innocent until they're proven guilty. And that's an extremely difficult thing to do. Mm -hmm. There are 82,000 chemicals available on the market. Literally 82,000 chemicals, right? 8,000 have been tested. EPA has absolutely no budget for it, and we're seeing the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control's budgets being slashed. They're not allowed to study the effects of handguns or cigarettes. What's going on? Mm -hmm. We are in a chemical stranglehold in this country. It's very, very scary. So tell us about the documentary, The Human Experiment. The Human Experiment, it just goes through everything. It shows you real people talking about what the issues are. It shows you real doctors, real lobbyists, real courtroom scenes, and it points the fingers around. And You can choose to pay a little more attention to what's going on. I was absolutely enthralled. It's about 90, 120 minutes. Uh I watched it. It was on Netflix streaming. I watched it. And working with Local First Arizona, we're going to screen it after the first of the year, I'm not sure where Local First Arizona is taking care of that, but we're going to have a screen and invite the community to come in and see it. And there will be a panel of us afterward. I think you should probably be on that panel talking about what we've seen, what we think, and what our companies are doing. But that film absolutely reaffirmed why I'm doing this. Yeah. You know, reading another thing that really deeply impacts me and continues to, it's very powerful, is the Environmental Working Group, EWG.org. Our products are listed on there, I'm proud to say, and we have A's in all of them. Nice. Yeah, very nice. I'm very proud of that. And 
There are people who care out there, and they're making these films. Human Experiment is narrated by Sean Penn. There's so much work put into it. So much research is in that film, just like Environmental Working Group. Mm -hmm. I go there when I want to know about a product I'm thinking of buying. Those are resources available to us. So for a mom or a dad that's listening, Mm -hmm. why is this important? Because you have a young one there. You have a choice you can make. And I know that people sometimes think being really environmentally conscious and buying healthy food, organic food, safe products is expensive. It's not when you consider what health care costs. Yeah. You want to stay healthy. Please pay attention to your food. Please pay attention to what comes into your house. And when it comes to babies... They don't know anything and they get into all kinds of things. Why have anything in your house you don't want them to get into? Really, the big thing is, and this is the way I kind of live my life, is that if there's a chance it can harm me, I don't play with it. There's a name for that. It's called the precautionary principle. Mm, Tell us about that. The precautionary principle says just that. If there's a chance that there could be a problem. Let's take GMOs, for example. Nobody applied the precautionary principle. If it might go wrong, why do it? If it might harm you down the road, why do it? Let's not do it. Let's just not go there. Yeah. Well, and so many of the things that are being put out by chemical companies, by the way, the people doing GMOs are chemical companies. Yeah. So many of the things that are put out by chemical companies, they have long-ranging environmental health effects that really once they release them, it's out of their control. That seems like a problem. It certainly does. You know, when you're looking at agriculture and you're looking at how seeds move around, how the wind drifts chemicals, how the wind drifts these genetically modified organisms, we don't know what the ramifications are going to be. We just don't know. It's like climate change. But you can look at everything and go, we didn't know. Right. And we are now powerless, seemingly, to change it. Well, I had something very interesting kind of along these same lines. Something very interesting happened. Here in Phoenix, every year, we do the Great American Seed Up, and we buy 2,500 pounds of open-pollinated seeds for people to come in and scoop. It's a really cool event, but one of the things of note this year is that we're not able to get corn the same way we have in the past. Let me put it that way. You know, organic open pollinated corn, the price of it is going through the roof and its availability is going through the floor just because of this is, you know, that chemical drift and the gene drift that goes on. And when you're buying chemicals for your house, you have to be cognizant of the long term effect of those, don't you think? Absolutely, because things do bioaccumulate. They bioaccumulate. You spray a bug with it, right? Bird eats the bug. The cat eats the bird. It's that kind of accumulation you have to deal with, and you have to deal with the half-life of the chemical Mm -hmm. in your environment. How long is it going to stay there? What's going to displace it? Is it just going to be there? Are you going to have permanently poisoned soil? Yeah. The corn thing, I remember hearing quite a while ago that there's almost no open seed corn available, everything, corn. So I've kind of taken corn out of my diet. Right, as have I. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. So what do you see changing in the role of chemicals in our urban gardens and homes over the next few decades? I'm seeing a generation of people coming up who didn't create this problem and realize that they are in fact trapped with this problem Mm -hmm. and they are committed to being part of the change. 
And that really reaffirms my commitment to keeping the work up. You know, they care. It is the young women with children. Mm-hmm. It is men who want to keep running. People are becoming aware that it's not safe out there. Yeah. You really have to be cognizant. We live in this valley of the sun that has extremely high ozone counts periodically, frequently in the year. You don't want to run on that. You're restricted. You really have to become aware. And older generations, they're like, okay, you know, there's nothing I can do. But young people, thank heavens, know that there is something they can do. They can be responsible for their lives. Mm-hmm. They can be accountable to their children. Yeah. Well, and it just takes taking action. Yeah. And being aware and then acting. You got a problem, people. Go out and do something about it. That's how things change in the world. You know, somebody takes it on and says, you know what? This is going to happen and I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And I just admire those people. There are a number of incredible activists that I follow their newsletters and their activity, Mm -hmm. you among them, who are really making significant changes in their community and in their country. This country has fewer chemical controls and policies in place than China. I mean, think about that. That's weird. Yeah. We have products that are in common everyday use in this country, scrubbing bubbles, that cannot be sold in Europe. We have a lot of products here that cannot be sold to Europe. Europe is not buying our corn anymore. Mm-hmm. There's an economic component to all this poison. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I was going to say that things happen because we say so, and Truce, your company, happened because you said so. And I just really want to acknowledge and pat you on the back for that. Oh, thank you. You know, we're becoming sort of an overnight success at 10 years of age, which is not uncommon. Right. But it's really hard sometimes, honestly, you know this, to stay the course when things around you are not supporting it, they're not paying attention. Uh And then one day you realize, hold it, things are changing. Look at hybrid cars and at electric cars. It's happening. Yeah. I'm not so sure how I feel about driverless cars. Oh, I know how I feel about them. That scares the daylight out of me. (laughs) Well, I've said for many years that If the technology companies ever are responsible for creating our cars, we're all in trouble because most technology doesn't work very well. Alas. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, I'm sitting here in my office at the urban farm and hanging on the wall. And this goes to what you were saying a moment ago about staying the course no matter what. Yeah. There is a picture of me on a front cover of the North Scottsdale Times magazine. And I had this thing framed. This was from 2007. And it says on the front cover, it's me sitting in my front yard, legs crossed and a dress shirt and corn growing behind me. And it says the green extreme. Once kooky tree huggers are today's green gurus, but would you want them to be your neighbor? You know, so 11 years ago, they were still making fun of growing food in your front and backyard. A lot of places didn't even allow you to do it. Right. Yeah. Still. And today, you know, I've kind of, I'm patting myself on the back a little bit, but I'm a bit of a cult hero here in Phoenix. People are patting me on the back and giving me high fives and saying, wow, good job. And it took me just standing firm in the face of, you know, all the adversity that I have experienced. And I'm sure you felt some of that too for yourself. Oh yeah. But you know, when you are convinced, when you are committed, you don't have any option. It's what you're doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Are your shoes off in that picture? Probably. 
you definitely have stayed the course. You know, over the period of time I've known you, you have indeed grown into who you are, into your calling. Yeah. You've been called to do this. You have. I've been called to do what I'm doing. And that's a strange expression to use. But it is true. It is like a calling. Oh, yeah. It really is. So tell me about Truce. What kind of products do you sell and where do we find them? It's expanding. We are online. Uh-huh. We have our own website, trucecleancom And we have, as a matter of fact, set something up for your listeners. Wow. If they go online and buy our products and use the code FarmerGreg, nice. they will get a 20% discount. Wow. So that's as a gift to your listeners. But we are in Whole Foods. We are in Sprouts. We are just going into Gelson's in Southern California. Nice. You have a huge leap that you make because, as you know, for years we operated in the mother-in-law house in the back of the property here, which meant we could not grow that much because we couldn't buy in volume because big trucks could not deliver. Right. So we finally moved into a warehouse, and now it's crazy. We've got thousands and thousands of dollars worth of inventory and product, and we just grew another new product. We're on Amazon Prime. We are on ThriveMarket.com. Oh, nice. We've been with them right from the start. They came up to us at the first trade show we went to and said, we want you. And they have been major players in our growth, major. Yeah. We're on Jet.com. We're going up on Albertson.com. It's crazy. We're going into fries. Yeah. So I'm looking at your different products. You've got laundry powder, yoga mat cleaner, hand sanitizer. Tell me about them. The laundry powder. I'm extraordinarily happy with and proud of. I have a very dear friend here in town. She's a beautifully peach-skinned redhead, and she bought a new couch, and she fell asleep on it. And the rash that she suffered was just amazing from the fire retardants that, by law, are required to be, and I've got another whole campaign going on fire retardants. Mm -hmm. She could not find a detergent that could help her get her clothes clean without aggravating this rash that had gotten started. And she buys our stuff like crazy. She says it's the only thing that works. And we're finding that moms with babies, there's nothing in there that can harm a baby. Safe, safe, safe. Mm -hmm. We have it in two sizes and we package it as carefully as we can. Wow. I'm just in awe of that product. So we've got home cleaners, we've got hand soaps and sanitizers, room and pillow sprays, laundry and linen, yoga mat cleaners, dog shampoo and odor spray. Yeah. Wow. All because there was just a need. When we were doing the downtown Phoenix public market. Mm -hmm. I remember that. The dogs would come through and they would have hot spots. They'd be scratching. They'd have literally open sores. And the thread was shampoos, taking your dog to a commercial shampoo place that was using shampoos that were made in China. There are very few dog products made in the U.S., very, very few. And we determined very quickly that dogs don't need half the ingredients that are in these other shampoos. Dogs don't need soaps. Dogs don't need that. They have fur. They don't have hair. All you need to do is get that fur clean without disturbing their skin. Yeah. So you've got somebody in there just chewing into the skin and getting the lather going. And dogs just go crazy after they've had a bath. Notice they run around, they rub on the rug, they go outside and rub on the grass. Not when they use our shampoo. They're just shiny, clean, and quiet. Yeah. 
you said something that was really important that we need to be paying attention to. Things made in China, especially chemical things, cleaners, we should take heed on all of them. Yeah. Whether we're using it for our animals or our human beings, you know, it's like time out, stop, don't do that. And I would suggest you read for the same information on frozen vegetables in the grocery store. It'll say right on there, product of China. Watch for that. Think about it. Yeah. It's been about two years ago now. The Chinese government put out that something like 90% of their farmlands and like 70% of their water is polluted with heavy metals. Yeah. That's what they're making stuff out of and sending to us. And guess where those heavy metals came from? A lot of them came from the old technology that we were shipping over there. Mm -hmm. The pictures of these things being unloaded, put in these dock warehouses, and workers going through them, and they're toxic. Washing them off with water that is, guess what, running into the rivers and streams. So be cognizant of that. Yeah. Be aware of where your things come from. And that holds true for clothing as well, oddly enough. This is a deep rabbit hole we've jumped into <laughs> today, but... This is all stuff I know and stuff that we have to start being cognizant about. Right. We have to talk about it. We have to read about it. We have to become aware. It literally is a matter of survival. Your child's survival, your survival, and furthermore, the survival of a lot of other species on this planet that are being devastated by our careless ways with chemicals. Yeah. So that is truce, T-R-U-C-E-C-L-E-A-N.com, truceclean.com. And bless you for our listeners. If you, on checkout, put in the code FarmerGreg as a discount code, you get 20% off. Did I get that right? Yep, you did. And that's going to remain valid until the 20th of December. Nice. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. You know, it's interesting. Denis and I were talking about that this morning. He said, do you have a failure? I said, oh my God, yeah. I opened an absolutely amazing plant and design store in the Silver Lake area of Los Angeles in 1972, EGAD, I date myself, 1972. Wow. With a high school education behind me. Mm-hmm. It was what we were all doing. It was the age of Aquarius. We were having a great time. And I got to be very successful. And I had people come at me and say, oh, let's open another store at the other end of Sunset Boulevard. And I really had almost a nervous breakdown. I didn't know how to do it. To be aware how to run a business, mm -hmm. I couldn't sell it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to have two stores. It was over for me. There had to be something else. And that was seven years. And I failed miserably. And I walked away with literally nothing and not knowing who I was or what I was supposed to do. I had no education beyond high school. And it was a very, very frightening time. Mm -hmm. I was almost homeless if it hadn't been for good friends. And I wound up going back to the community college that was nearby just because I didn't know what to do with myself. And because I was a re-entry student, that meant non-traditional student, some of the people there took a little kind attitude toward me and said, well, take this professor, take this teacher. I did, and it changed my world. I realized I loved school. I was going to be good at it. And I went back to community college and I finished with a PhD at the end of that intense period. Yeah. And I came from Los Angeles to Arizona to go to school. And now when I opened this business, 
I know what I'm doing. If I had not had that experience, I can't imagine where I would be today. Going back to school, which is a privilege in this country, yeah. you can't do it everywhere, but you can do it here. And you did it too. I did. We went back to school when we were ready to go back to school. Oh. And it made all the difference in the world. And it was so much more valuable for me. Yeah. I'm just saying it came out of a failure. Yeah. I failed at my first business and it was like, oh my God. I failed at my first pass at college. In 1981, I went to Arizona State University for a semester and I got a 0.5 grade average. That was two Ds and an F. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, the next time around, 20 years later, I'm graduating with honors, but I wanted to be there. And, you know, when I was 20 years old, I was running my own business. I actually had two of them that I was running and I was having great fun. I didn't want to be in school. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you consider your biggest success? I think getting my education. I think that's just amazing to me. I went back to take a couple of classes at a community college because I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I wound up getting a degree that could take me in any environmental direction I wanted to go. Yeah. I knew that chaining myself to the fence of a nuclear reactor probably wasn't going to be <laughs> effective, nor was climbing a tree and sitting in it. That wasn't going to do. I had to come at it from a policy perspective. Mm -hmm. And I did. I changed the policy in the state of California toward feral pig introductions. And that, I'm proud of that. So that's my biggest success. Interesting. We have that in common. I went back to Phoenix College, which is a community college, in 1997 to take a few classes, and I ended up getting a bachelor's and a master's degree out of it. Because you find out that when you have all that other crazy stuff behind you, mm -hmm. you as an adult can really focus. It's like, okay, this is my chance. Yeah, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to do the best I can. Yeah, exactly. So what drives you? Honestly, a lot of it is just the passion for what I'm doing and the people that I'm working with. I used to think what I wanted to do was create a venue out of this place because it's just so different in Tempe. The urban garden here is definitely one of my passions. The chickens, the dogs, I've got fish, one of my passions. But keeping my brain active and knowing I'm making a difference in people's lives is what works for me. It's the magic I need. Beautiful. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? It's a total and complete classic, and it's literally one of the books that changed the world. It's called Silent Spring, and it's Rachel Carson. Mm -hmm. And she actually passed away from cancer, environmental cancer. Yep. But what she did was awaken the world to the quiet in the spring because the birds were dying, because they were absorbing, taking in DDT. We used the DDT to kill the bugs. The birds ate the bugs. They died. The spring was silent. She was an amazing woman. She wrote this book, and they tried so hard to discredit her, to stop her from publishing. But she sent the book to President Kennedy. And he read it. He said, oh, my God, you know, what's going on? Yeah. And we stopped with the DDT, which doesn't mean we did the responsible thing. No, we shipped it to Mexico. We shipped it to Africa. We dispensed with it. We got it out of here. But that book really woke people up. Mm -hmm. They suddenly became aware of the environment with a capital E, where they weren't before. They really weren't. They didn't notice what was happening. If you're working, in the, you don't notice that the birds are gone. She did. Yeah. She noticed the changes in the ocean, and she noticed the changes in the birds. So I would recommend, please, to get a hold of that book. They just issued, I think, the 50th anniversary edition of it. 
Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it has been 50 years, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's still a bestseller. Mm-hmm. You can go to Changing Hands and get it. Yeah. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? Please read the labels of everything you consider buying. If you have a smartphone, you can look up ingredients you don't understand and find out. Please be aware. I tell people all the time, you got to read the labels on more than just your food. Read the labels on your pillows. Read the labels on your clothing. Read the labels on what you're buying and make really safe choices for yourself. That's so important. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Diane. Greg, what a pleasure. It's always lovely to talk to you. All right, back at you. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Remind us of your website. The website is truceclean.com, T-R-U-C-E-C-L-E-A-N.com. And you can reach me at Diane, D-I-A-N-N, at truceclean.com. Perfect. And remember, for a 20% discount on truceclean.com, put in Farmer Greg as your discount code. And once again, thank you for that. We ship all over the world, so not to worry. Perfect. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash truceclean. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Claiming your inner urban farmer is easy. Grow food, share it, and name your farm. Then let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast. Pick up your urban farmer bling, hats, and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.